0: You're listening to episode 84 of With Heart and Wonder. And let me tell you, this episode is truly something special. It was such an honor to get to record this episode with today's guest, Michaela Clark. I'm going to tell you all about her in just a moment. But I wanted to share that as I was reflecting back after recording, thinking about just like how I think it's almost impossible to hear what you're about to hear and to not feel more curious, more inspired, more playful. Michaela is just such a shining example of somebody who lives with heart and wonder and just so much of that playful curiosity that we love to celebrate here. Now, let me tell you about Michaela. She is a multidisciplinary visual artist, musician, lover of all things floral, and the Brooklyn-based designer behind Hansel Clothing. Born and raised in St. Louis to a family of creatives, she founded Hansel with the mission of making one-of-a-kind, sustainably-produced clothing that connected people with their inner kit. She believes that fashion can be a vehicle for change, both in our big collective world by repurposing clothes to reduce textile waste, and in our small personal worlds by giving us the confidence to take on our days. Her purpose in life and business is to minimize waste, maximize joy, and create beauty from the world's excess. Now let's dive in to the interview. Michaela, I am just like, my heart is beaming with excitement to have you here today. I have been looking forward to this conversation so deeply.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, that starts me on a good note. I love to hear that. I feel the same way. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I think from the beginning, once we start communicating about this podcast and the idea of doing this, I felt so just like, grounded and aligned with your energy of how you speak with empathy and kindness and I don't know you just have a very gracious aura about you so and everything this podcast stands for is things I love talking about so I'm equally excited just thank you for having me here
0: oh my gosh I've been in the last few weeks I'm just going to share this personal thing I've noticed I'm like being moved to tears more.
1: It's so sweet. Past,
0: it's really <laughs> fascinating. It's like there's like a lot of emotion moving <laughs> through me. Um, so thank you for those words. And maybe I'll just share because we connected in in a fun way. So we'll do a shout out to the MB community right now. It was at the beginning of the year and you led this just like such a beautiful grounding compassionate oh, workshop wow. of feeling into the year ahead from this perspective of a garden and it was mm, it was that perfect mix of a chance to play with compassion and curiosity and creativity mm-hmm. which i know are going to be some of the themes that we've into this conversation mm-hmm. but i'll just share that like i am not somebody who is very comfortable drawing And it was such a beautiful space though because we were like doodling and it was a chance for me to really like reconnect with that part of myself. Mm -hmm. And I am just so excited to talk more about creativity today because Mm -hmm. I know that you and I both believe so strongly that there are so many opportunities for us to explore our creativity. And maybe we could start off just by talking about your journey with yeah. creativity and um what that's looked like for you,
1: Yeah, I would love to. And I'm so glad you gave a shout out to NBA as well. Sarah One Rebs community. She has been an internet friend of mine for four or five years. I don't even remember how long. Like just feels like a true friend. And she has created such an amazing virtual community. And so, yeah, shout out to Sarah for asking me to do that amazing wellness workshop. Um, But yes, my entrance into creativity, I feel like I was just kind of born into a family that just (laughs) that is just creative in so many ways. I'm giggling already because when I think about my family, I just can't help but like smile but also roll my eyes. You know, it's that like (laughs) that cross stream two different streams um or currents that warm and and cool current like in a lake of like opposite energies that just make this chaotic beauty um that's definitely my family very passionate very emotional people born to two cancers with two sisters who are aries and um all creative people and i think that is something that instilled a desire to make something with what I see around me from a very early age. So, you know, my mom grew up in band. She was a huge music lover. She played every instrument in the band. She was the drum major. Um, you know, music is something she was really passionate about, but she also really enjoyed drawing. Um, her mother was a poet and was really good at drawing and um, was a sewist and taught my mom how to sew and mend her clothes. and. My grandmother is just one of the most creative women I've ever met. She would hand draw every one of our cards. She took a lot of passion or she took a lot of pride in, um, even the way she wrote her script, her handwriting, Passed that down to my mom. Um, and my mom was the first one that taught me how to draw in 3d. So she was like, she noticed that I had a Mac for drawing as a kid. And she's like, okay, you know how to draw a two-dimensional box. Here's how you make it three-dimensional. And like, she's the one that taught me about perspective and um how to sketch things. And my dad is just this lover of music. I mean, that man knows every artist under the sun, just voraciously consumes music. And um, since he was a kid, he started playing guitar, I think, when he was 15. And Um, He lived in a time where your connection to music was just through the radio. So it was very influenced by your place and location and growing up in Louisiana and having this passion for folk music because of that. Um, And then moving to Kansas city where now he had this introduction to jazz funk, you know, the way he's influenced my music appetite is just so um, pivotal and profound. So uh, some of my favorite bands are, well, I love James Taylor, obviously like Earth, Wind and Fire. And then my mom's favorite Stevie Wonder. So I think growing up in a house where my dad was like playing the bass every day or every night when we were going to sleep, he plays the electric bass in the basement. We'd go to sleep with, you know, the bottom of our floor, like bumping because of the reverb, you know, and that, that was soothing to me. Um, as long as I can remember, that's been happening. And my mom would play instruments. We've always had a piano in the house. And so I think that was the first infusion of performance and the arts that came into my life. And watching my parents keep their passions alive with music from such a young age, I know I immediately wanted to be a part of it. My sisters and I would make up dances while my dad was playing. We would um, you know, play dress up um, get involved with our school talent shows. So that was, yeah, definitely the the biggest infusion at the start was music related. And I, and I definitely have to thank my parents for that.
0: I almost get this sense as you're talking, like that your house was just like humming with this like creative energy. Like it was just like in the air almost.
1: Yeah. That's such a great way to put that. I think that's why I can't help, but like giggle when I talk about it. Cause I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, it's like, as I'm talking about it, I know it makes me emotional. I just, when I think about my family, I just think about a burst of color, just paint Mm. just, just things flying through the air, like fury, anger, happiness, Mm. joy, (laughs) like, just a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of emotions in that house, but it was such a great place to be a creative individual because that emotion came from being in a family full of people who were designed to express. And I think that's a beautiful thing, you know? And I don't know. I think it's really special. Like my parents just really highly prioritized that in their lives and I just followed their example and when I moved to St. Louis from Houston, I think that just increased tenfold because I went from an environment where it was all about being outside with your friends. And we had a group of neighborhood kids that would just ride our bikes through all the subdivisions. And it was it was very communal when I moved to St. Louis or more specifically a suburb of the city that was very homogenous racially and just very different Um it was kind of immediate isolation. It was kind of a culture shock for me. And I think that creativity really exploded in those years because all of a sudden I didn't have this me that was giving me that feeling of place and belonging and joy and a place to express those emotions. I had to do that internally. So, you know, you know I went from always being outside with my friends to like not really having friends because i was new and um that was the same summer that my mom got us into sewing classes and decided okay i want you girls to know how to sew before you leave the house you need to know how to braid like traditional black hairstyles box braids you need to know how to braid and you need to know how to sew those were her (laughs) those are her stipulations And I think I just took that and ran with it. I think I saw a tool to keep me company and to keep me grounded and to um, give me something to spend my time on. And I think my imagination and creativity really um, flourished in spite of, you know, maybe the grief that I was experiencing from letting go of that community in Houston.
0: How old were you, Michaela, when you made that move and started to learn how to sew?
1: Yeah, I was about 10 years old. So we moved when I was nine, very close to 10. But it was really when we moved into our home the following summer when I was 10 that I took those classes and remember learning how to sew. And um, yeah, I just remember my mom, once I learned the basics, we'd go shopping and I'd be like, oh, can you get me this tank top? And she's like, honey, no, let me show you. This is cheap. You don't want this. And she would turn it inside out. She'd be like, look at the label. This is the material. Feel that in your fingers. That's not going to wash very well. Look at these seams. You can make this yourself. I mean, as a kid, it was frustrating because you're like, just buy me the tank top. I really like it, you know, but I really value her for that. And she started that at a young age. So yeah, about 10 years old.
0: Wow. I, there's so many themes that you've brought up already in terms of, self-expression and community and identity and there's so much here to explore but let's take a moment and I know we're going to come back to some of these themes since you've got us on the topic of sewing (laughs) and clothing what inspired you to create your clothing company Hansel
1: yeah I always love talking about this because I feel like Hansel was this dark horse that came into my life out of nowhere. Like I would never have expected it, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense. Um, what inspired me to start Hansel was really just being in another point of transition in my life. I'm starting to notice mm. the pains in my own life of when I'm somewhere new, I turn back to these these grounding techniques and I let those things teach me something new and give me a soft place to land. I had just moved to New York. I was in a relationship at the time that, you know, I, I didn't know many people in the city other than a person that I was with at the time I was feeling disconnected and I was feeling like I needed something that was my own. And, um, I started, Really pouring into my practice of making clothes and painting on denim, and through that experience of starting to share a little bit more of that with other people, I noticed that it was something that was becoming a point of connection, that a tool for building community again. I think that's really what it comes down to: is people have this appetite for it. I started with customized hand painted denim jackets. I would hear someone's story, ask them a few questions design something entirely unique to them based around their story and then paint it on a jacket and deliver it and once word got out about that i mean it spread like wildfire i can't even count how many i've done i think it's well over it might be around 150 i don't even know over the years now but in the first 3 months i made 24 hand painted jackets and this was before the brand was called Hansel um I was just doing this thing in New York, trying to find a way back to myself, trying to find a way to connect with that inner kid in St. Louis, who was lonely and didn't know what to do and turned to creating and clothing and sewing and imagination. And, and I was trying to tap into that again. And once I saw people responding to it, it was like, oh my gosh, I've been feeling isolated and lonely. And now I've got this community. Now I've got these people who understand me, who see, um, the value on what I'm doing. And so I think, it, I think it took a while for me to understand what inspired me to start it because I don't know, maybe I felt selfish. I felt like, Oh, I, it, it's just something I needed, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, am I allowed to say that? Like, it was just for me, you know, like I just needed, I needed a place to express and I needed people to connect with. And then once I started sharing my art and seeing that it was something that people also needed, that, it, that through these clothes, through the pieces I was making, they were feeling connected to their inner kids and their selves. And they were feeling more like their creative selves and like they had a place and they belonged. I was like, oh, this has a purpose bigger than me. And that's when Hansel was born. I was like, I need to give this a name. I need to give this a face. I need to make a home for all of us to be able to keep coming back to. I started really doing the customized denim in the fall of 2018. And I started going by Hansel clothing and started the brand and the look and the feel, um, the following spring, May, 2019.
0: Incredible. When I look at your clothing, I mean, first of all the hand paid in denim is breathtaking and it's yeah. just You can feel that like pulse and that hum of creativity and mm, there's like a life to it, like a sparkle Um, and it's layered. And also I know you've been creating all sorts of different types of clothing, upcycling and when I look at it, it just makes me smile. There's just this like playfulness that I think and I know part of the vision is really Bringing joy and helping people reconnect to their inner kid and to like to childhood. Yeah. I almost feel like when you are describing this like desire to create a home, that mm-hmm. it's almost like you're inviting all of us back into your home that you grew oh, up in that was pulsing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with energy and life and like like almost like you're inviting all of us into that home mm-hmm. and. This invitation for us to access the creativity and to play and to go back to, isn't there something about childhood? And I mean, so I see this all the time because I, I work with others in the coaching capacity. And so mm. often people will reference like wanting to feel like a kid again mm. or like wanting to reconnect with that feeling of freedom or that that the, the play or the wonder or the curiosity And what I love so much about your work is that it's a portal to bring us back to that place.
1: That means more to me than I can even express. Like truly, I just feel that in my heart and receive that. And thank you for sharing that perspective with me. Like even hearing your perspective of how you perceive it. I mean, it means the world. I had never connected those dots (laughs) Um, of it being like inviting people into kind of that home that I grew up in and to take part in that buzz of creativity. But when I think of that, that just feels so special and so right. And so I'm really grateful for your point of view. I, I definitely think that I'm I, my goal in continuing to do Hansel because there's one, there's one, you know, impetus that pushes you to start something but of course. what sustains it of course is that feeling of making something that I needed when I was that 10 year old kid or honestly making the imaginative place that I would go to when I would make things you know mm-hmm. like making the fantasy world that I wanted to escape to in those moments of transition and inviting all of us to be able to have a piece of that in our daily lives and to create that magic and weave it into our lives. So it doesn't have to be an escape anymore. You know, it doesn't have to be like, I have to go away to experience this thing and isolate myself. And it's like, no, it's woven into the fabric of my entire life. And I have a right to do that. I have a right to like go back to those things I loved as a kid and, and make that a part of my toolbox as an adult like that. I I deserve that tapestry. And I think I just want to, I have found that that has provided a lot of healing for me. And I think I just want to invite other people to experience that as well and hope that my clothes can be threads in that tapestry for them. So I just really appreciate your reflections.
0: Oh, of course. Well, and it makes me think as, as you're, as you're speaking, um, about that relationship between self and, and others, right? And like the way in which in starting Hansel, it was a way for you to connect to yourself and a way to connect outward. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of wearable art and thinking about it in that way, especially, you know, even just thinking about the difference between having art that is like sitting in a gallery or even just like a wall on our home, but the idea of like taking it out into the streets Mm -hmm. and the idea of the art moving and being in flux and fluid and a point of connection. Like I can, and I don't know, but I can imagine you creating a jacket based on somebody's story Somebody else then stopping that person and saying, wow, I love your jacket. But then it opening a conversation mm-hmm. because the art on the jacket is so connected to the heart of who that person is. Yeah. Like how, how incredible is that? <laughs> I, I just adore the intention that is behind every part of, of this. I, I don't know. I don't want to call it a company because I feel like it's more than that. You know, like I feel oh. like it's more than that. <laughs> um but it just – it strikes me. I've been thinking a lot lately about the relationship between, like, individual and collective healing, and um, and I really appreciate how you're talking about creativity as a vehicle to bridge the two.
1: Mm, wow. I never would have put that together so beautifully, but I can only hope that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I really – I don't think I would have even been able to see that or if I had seen it, be able to claim that for myself. So it's just a gift to hear someone else perceive that in your work. I definitely think a bridge is a great, great term for it because I think it is a vehicle when you don't know how to express to the world or the people in your life, sometimes even the people closest to you, who you are. And what's hurting you or what brings you joy or what you've been through. I think clothing or or art is a way to introduce yourself to the people around you without the burden of words. It's just so powerful to not have to like, I don't know how to say it, but this is who I am. This is how I want to be seen. This is how I want to be treated. Like I may walk around kind of with a scowl because I live in New York and I've learned that if I have my, you know, Midwestern happy-go-lucky smile plastered on my face for some people, that's an invitation for people to think you're, you know, weak or a target or whatever, but I'm going to wear butterflies on my jacket because I want to be treated gently and softly and with wonder. And like, that's who I am, you know? And I think, um, There have been so many times in my life where I haven't been able to understand all of the, I don't even know what the word is, emotion, agita, anxiety, joy, the mixture of all those things going on inside of me, the things that I'm grieving, things that I'm thinking about, but being able to just wear it and just go out and feel like you at least have control over that part of your life and like, you still don't have to sacrifice, like you said, connection because you don't know how to express to people what you're going through. It really does feel like such a tool because I think, um, oftentimes like I, people always are so surprised to hear that I'm an introvert because I love people. But at the end of the day, sometimes I still struggle with not necessarily shyness. I did a lot as a kid but i struggle with being perceived <laughs> and people would never guess that but i think that's why i put so much into the clothing that i wear and i make because i think it's my way of saying i still want to be here i still have things that like i want to connect with you about like i'm still present i'm still here I just have a lot going on inside. So I might walk around silently. I might hang around on the edges of the room. That doesn't mean that I don't want to feel like I belong. And I think other people can maybe relate to that. And so using wearable art as a tool to like, even if they don't realize that's what they're doing to, to have that piece of connection with other people. I think, I think that is what makes Hansel special. And like you said, it, sometimes I struggle to call it a brand or company as well, because it feels more so just like a community or even just a philosophy, like a group of people who live by the same philosophy or like, you know, value the same things. So I don't know. I can only hope that that's what it can continue to grow into. But I love I love the way that you illustrated that.
0: Mm. We talked about your relationship with Mm. creativity as a kid. And how that then has, I would love to talk about how you keep that spark of creativity alive through the ebbs and flows of life. And you said it, you know, like it's one thing to start a project and Mm -hmm. it is another thing to keep it going through the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. What does keeping that spark of creativity alive look like for you?
1: man? Such a beautiful thing to think about. Even as you were asking, I was picturing just all of these, the ebbs and the flows over the last three years, because it's been a chaotic three years. If I can be really, really honest with respect to everyone's walk, perspective, beliefs, everything, always utmost respect and acceptance. Um, For me, what keeps that alive is being connected to what I believe is like the ultimate creator. Mm. And so I have a personal faith practice. Um, I'm really like a spiritual person. I live near a park here in New York. Walking in the park in the mornings, just letting my mind be silent. When I get into those seasons where everything feels so loud, my anxiety is so high, and the pressure I feel to make Hansel or make the clothes that I design the most incredible, amazing thing, it becomes too much and makes me not want to do anything at all. You know, you're paralyzed by the pressure that you're putting on yourself, but also that the world puts on you, you know. We have to be more gracious with ourselves and recognize that we live in a society that's all about like scale, 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 relevance. Like Instagram is an app where the stories disappear after 24 hours. That's literally designed to make you feel that if you don't capture the moment, it will disappear. And so that that continual like drudge, I guess through day-to-day sometimes can affect your creativity because it just feels like This pressure. And I think when I get to those moments, it's so impossible for me to really be creative. The only thing that really jumpstarts me again is taking a beat. I need to get my mind really quiet. I need to let go of the have to and recognize that this is about me in the first place. This is about creativity that was put inside of me. This is about a form of expression and a tool that's supposed to bring me and other people joy or at the very least be a practice that's therapeutic to allow it to be hijacked by the pressures of capitalism and the speed at which our world and news cycle moves is so unfair to myself. And I think I'm only able to remind myself of that and have that perspective when I take a moment away. And I think for me specifically, when I think about things... When I look above what's just around me in the world and reconnect with that higher power I believe in, because I think it helps me to remind myself that every circumstance I'm dealing with, it's a one point in time. It gives me perspective. It helps me to have a 50,000 foot view, you know, and remind myself, oh yeah, I am so much more than just this one moment in life if I have the ability to believe in something that big and vast and I'm this small, but I have that vastness, I have a connection to that vastness and I have a part of that vastness inside of me. Oh my gosh. Why would I get bogged down by these small things? You know, like I am going to be okay. Like I, things are so much more than what I'm able to see three feet in front of my face. I think that's perspective that, that, dichotomy of vastness and then smallness, I need that perspective to be able to go back into it with fresh eyes, see the grander purpose and allow my intention to continue to be aligned with that inner purpose I feel and not be swayed by what what's going on around me. Because I think when you zoom out like that, you're able to see humans for as long as, you know, the history of our species have been creating for the history of our species have um, encountered obstacles. And we're all still here. You know what I mean? It's just so good to be like, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything will be okay. And I know it probably sounds dramatic to hear, but I think the things we go through in life have, have an impact on us that is quote unquote dramatic. I think A lot of people out there are struggling and hurting and the things that other people may not validate as very serious to them are profound and impactful and painful to others. I think people really need language that speaks to that level of importance and that that level of um, just validation for the struggles we go through And doesn't minimize that experience. So that's why it may sound dramatic, but that's why I speak the way that I do. You know, my mom passed away three years ago, something that I've talked about publicly a few times, and I'm very open about in my life. And, you know, she was just my beacon of joy. She was my North Star. She was my soul twin. She was my best friend. She was my... The embodiment of my confidence. She was like half of my heart. And I don't know. I think there are a lot of people out there walking around with a lot of different types of losses that feel like their pain is invisible. If they're maybe even dealing with a loss that people don't realize impacted them as much as it has, or I have friends with chronic illness or friends battling cancer, like we are all walking around with something on our shoulders. And um, I know that this, I'm kind of like really tangential here, but I think I'm just trying to make the case for taking yourself seriously in those moments where you feel disrupted and you feel like connecting to your creativity, which I think is what makes us human is impossible take that disruption seriously, take yourself seriously, take what's ailing you seriously, validate yourself and take a step away and connect to whoever or whatever you need to connect to, to feel valid and to feel loved and to feel whole again and then come back when you're ready. I
0: think there are so many really potent and powerful, and relatable things in what you shared. And I mean, you're such a kindred spirit. And anyone who's like a regular listener to the podcast might be able to sense there's some themes there that have been so, so similar in my own life. And I think you are so absolutely right. There's so much pain, and hurting, and grief, and dysregulation right now in Mm. society and I've been saying this thing lately of like I honestly think that the two things that are going to help us most individually and collectively are rest
1: Mm.
0: and creativity Mm. like those are the things you know it's in the taking a beat in the rest in the like giving ourselves the time and the space and getting quiet and the stillness to reconnect with whatever source of spiritual or grounding presence we have in our life, whether it's within ourself or nature or a higher power. Mm-hmm. And then it's also that expression, right? The like letting things out so that they're not yeah. just inside. Mm-hmm. And um, that expression can sometimes be a release of the grief and the anger and the loss and the sadness. And it also can be one of joy Mm. and of like the playfulness. And it was beautiful to hear you talk about both of those things, because for me, those are the foundational things. We need more time and space to rest and like rest into ourselves and our beliefs. And we need more time to create.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that and for like putting a a theme and like, a don't know, like a vessel to all of the (laughs) words that I shared. I know I can get very verbose, but I feel like that encapsulates it so perfectly. Rest is so, 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 so vital and being able to say out loud what you need and what you're feeling is the only way to survive. I mean, it's like, you can rest all you want, but I completely agree. If you don't have that other element, reconnecting to the world after you've taken time away can be painful, or you feel like you don't belong, or now you, you know, we need each other. We need community. We need each other. Fresh is that tool to like draw people in and like, and have community and say, I don't want to do this alone. Who else is feeling this? Um, So that is just so beautiful. Beautifully said. Um, I couldn't agree more.
0: I could honestly, I feel like we could go all day. Um, I feel like there's (laughs) so much that we could talk about. Um, This has been such a rich conversation, but there was one other thing I really wanted to touch on today. When I look at your work, And all of the like fun and creative and playful things that you are creating, it definitely stirs inside me questions of like, how can I get more curious and creative and playful Mm -hmm. with my own expression through fashion Mm -hmm. in ways that are also sustainable? Because we haven't talked about that, but everything that you make, everything that you make is from things that have been discarded. It is entirely grounded in deep care for our planet and our collective community. And so I wonder if we could just spend a few moments like just any tips you have for I don't know the person who is afraid to play with fashion or to go to a thrift store or to cut up their clothing. Like what can you tell us to give us a little bit of inspiration?
1: Oh my gosh, I love <laughs> that
0: question.
1: I love I love talking about this because I'm so passionate about it and fashion can feel like such an exclusive in industry. It kind of is born and bred on exclusivity. So I think any question that's reminding people that they have a right to be here and that they are part of this conversation gets me going. Um, firstly, I would say my first instinct was to be like, ask yourself why you feel like you don't belong and that, you know, but I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't encourage people to psychoanalyze, you know, but maybe, maybe put a pin in that and come back to that. Ask yourself why you feel like you don't have a right to that expression. But I think if you're feeling any nervousness about like, okay, I don't know how to thrift. I don't know where to start. Or you want to feel more creative. I think a really good first stop is your own closet, actually. Like, do a closet clean out take a Saturday or take a day off work, put on your favorite movie. Mine will be Pride and Prejudice and then Belle, um, which no, it's not Beauty and the Beast for, you know, listeners and it's amazing period piece. I highly suggest it. Um, but put on your favorite period piece movies or your favorite music and just sit in front of your closet, pull out things, put them on your bed, look at what you have think about the ways that you're you're either utilizing what you have or not. Remind yourself of those pieces you bought for yourself three years ago that you were nervous you wouldn't be bold enough to wear and try incorporating it into an outfit that week. I think there's something so exciting about using, seeing what we already have in a new way. And <clears throat> what people I... Um, really respected in the industry talk about often is like the most sustainable thing you can do is not buy anything new. I'm very aware of that. Even being someone who sells clothes, because to me, I'm like, listen, I, this is about lifelong expression. This is about community. This is about taking care of our planet. If at some point, you know, your stream comes into my stream and we run parallel for a little bit and you see something that sparks joy that you want, I'm more than happy to sell that to you, you know, but I'm not out here. Like you can only be creative with Hansel's clothing, you know, or Hansel clothing. (laughs) Um, So I think starting with your closet is so fun. And I think it also kind of gives you a little spark of confidence because you'll probably find things in there that you're probably not giving yourself enough credit. You'll probably be like, okay, actually, I've got some nice pieces in here. I really like, the second thing I would say is get creative with layering. I think um, layers are a big way to like up, up level an outfit. When you get started, put your base on, then take a second, look in the mirror, think about what's a layer I could add to this. Look in your closet. Do you have a little denim vest? Do you have a belt? Do you have accessories? Like what, like put a third layer on and just see, and just see how it feels. Don't worry about how it looks. My big thing is if it feels good, I will rock it. I don't care how I look. And it just makes sense to me. So if you feel great, leave the house. I guarantee you there's one person who's going to feel joy just from seeing you. Then when it comes to thrift stores, my favorite thing, my friends and I used to call it having a Saturday. So I live in Brooklyn. My favorite thing is when it's you know either late winter, early spring, or late summer, early fall. It's when it's the most beautiful sunny time in new york without humidity it's just beautiful the air is crisp it's a little bit cool and it's super sunny take a day get a coffee get a bagel and then just hit the thrift stores just go to Greenpoint, go to go to your favorite place wherever you live and just have a saturday take your you know your friend go on your little errands try little spots and it's kind of just like getting yourself an opportunity to just like see what's out there see what sparks you um, and get used to being in those spaces. I think seeing it as a fun destination rather than, okay, I want to start drifting. I'm going to go to this one store and I have to find something like can feel a little bit more fun and exciting because it's about the experience and the connection. And and you won't feel as defeated if you go to a store and they don't really have anything you like and you end up buying something you don't want that you are going to throw away. You know, it's like you want to be in a good mood. So that would be my you know third recommendation. And finally, when you're thrifting, I think really focus on start to familiarize yourself with different fabrics and textiles. So, when you're new to the space, I always like to look for the 100%. It's not always necessary, but I love 100% silk. I love 100% cotton. Those are my favorites. Or if you can find something that's got a silk blend. Um, you want materials that are going to last, that are going to be durable, and that are going to really elevate your styles. And then just have fun. I mean, you know, it's supposed to be fun getting dressed.
0: Oh, my gosh. So many great tips there. I think sometimes people, you know how in like the home design world, there's like the like white neutral home that oh then really. everyone just like replicates and it's yes. devoid of color and personality. And it just like it isn't that life in color that I know Hansel is all about. And I think sometimes people then just kind of replicate that in their fashion almost, Mm -hmm. you know, and I love this invitation to let let it be a place where we can explore our creativity and our expression a little bit more um, and also doing it in ways that are more mindful and conscious of the planet. And I love just how much your face lit up when you were giving us all of those tips. It was just like like a bright shiny sun and I feel like um it's always such a joy to just like see that that passion. Um and how beautiful that this is the work that you are doing in this world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing everything that you did today. It was a conversation with just like such a depth of heart and soul. I'm curious as we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share today?
1: Just so much gratitude for you, Megan, for the person you are, for the joy that you're clearly bringing to the world. I know we don't know each other well, but every interaction I've had with you, you just beam with warmth and kindness and gentleness and I think what you're doing is so important. I think the way you speak to people and what you're putting out in the world is so important and it's things that I needed to hear. And I know many, many other people needed and we need bright lights like you. So just thank you for being here and thank you for being you and thank you for having me here. I mean, I'm just, as you can tell it, I get so geeked talking about all of this. So it's such a joy And if I can share, um, I'm in the process of putting together an in real life experience in partnership with the Brooklyn Museum this fall that is actually all about this, like allowing people to like fill their lives with creativity and teaching them how to do that. So I'll be leading an upcycled fashion workshop later this fall, all the details, TBD, but I would love to invite anyone in the New York area to join that because I'm, as you can tell, so passionate about letting everyone know that they have a right to this practice. Painting has caught me many times, and I want to be able to give that back and teach other people how to have that tool. So, um, if anyone's interested in that, you know where to find me.
0: That sounds honestly so incredible. I'm like, can I? come to new york for this we like can. this stuff is so, so 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 good. Thank you so much for joining us today for this really special episode. I honestly wish that it could have kept going for hours. I had so much more that I would have loved to talk about with Michaela. If you'd love to stay in touch with Michaela and check out the amazing work that she is doing with her company Hansel You'll find the links to both her website and her Instagram for Hansel Clothing in the show notes. And if you're in New York, be sure to check out this upcoming event. I would 100% be there if I had the ability to teleport. So if you go, be sure to tell me how it is. It sounds so incredible. And as always, I love hearing from you after these episodes. I'd love to know if you had an aha moment today about your own relationship with creativity or self-expression. You can send me a DM over on Instagram at Megan L. Johnston or send me an email hello at MeganJohnston.com. Until next time, keep living with heart and wonder.